Hi, friend. In the coffee. You got yours? Oh, you're getting. Hey, Tabs. Hello. Hey, Tabs. Hello. Showed up uh, without beauty in it. You look gorgeous. Zhuzhen. 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 I've showered, but I'm in my ripped, comfy, but you can't see it, right? Like it cuts off here? Yeah. Let's see it. How do you put the filter on this thing? No idea. I can never figure it out. Exactly exactly Mm. three pimples in a row, like the Big Dipper. Yeah. Hi, Kimmy. Oh, I like that little bun up there. Kimmy, Kimmy. Tight twister. Jamie, you just did the mustache hair. (laughs) When did we talk about that? In the works. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Okay, go. Hello, and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Thank you for taking a seat at the table. Tonight, we're going to talk about how tired is the mom and you. It's been a week. We all are feeling drained and tired and burnt out. So we are going to chat about it. <laughs> There's literally an alarm going off, which just speaks to the fact that we're all tired and we need systems to survive. Yes. I say leave it. So tonight we have Jen. Hello. Jamie. Hello. Kim. Hi. Rachel. Hey. And I'm Tabitha. Miss Jennifer Dunn's going to start us out tonight with how tired she is this week. What's going on in your world? Oh boy. Hi ladies. Well, I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of whining about being tired. I'm tired of everything being so hard for my kid. I'm tired of the thousands of dollars of therapy bills. I'm tired of arguing with my kid every step of the day. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, it's been a week. We've all had it. Yeah. Yeah, just tired of being tired. (laughs) What about you, Rachel? I was talking to Jen earlier and I said, part of the suck of this layered situation of our lives is that so many times you're strained in a financial way because it costs money to get help. You know, you're strained in terms of relationships. We've talked all about that. Like you're strained in terms of time in a day. I am just tired in such a deep soul way that it isn't tired where you go to sleep a little earlier. It isn't tired where you sleep in on Sunday. It's far deeper than that. Like my life force is less than I feel it deep. I mean, in terms of like sleep tired, we barely get much. I should be used to it by now. I was a non-sleeper prior. Like I prepared for this, but it's like, not at all that I'm tired of being everything. I'm just tired. And like Jen said, you just have to work so hard to get through every second of the day. And it's just a lot. Like it's, I'm I'm bargaining yeah, and help. I, I'm bargaining with her. I'm bargaining about the chips. I'm bargaining about like, I mean, for God's sakes, everything. I'm tired. But on top of that, over time of not sleeping, I literally become a bitch. Like I just, I get agitated. I have just nothing left to give. Like that physical exhaustion mm-hmm. is mentally exhausting. Mm-hmm. What about real. you? Oh, go ahead, Rachel. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was given an amen. Oh, <laughs> what about you, Miss Ramos? Jamie, Jamie. Yeah, I'm just over it. I think. <laughs> and 
I think, I mean, right now I feel like for me, school starts next week and going through all that stuff. And that's always like Mm -hmm. such a trigger. It's just so annoying. We're starting at a new school. We're starting in kindergarten. And I just like explaining everything to everyone again Mm -hmm. and having to like see what this person's going to like feel about this or how they're going to look at me when I try to explain that my kid wakes up from three to five pretty often. So he's going to be tired. So don't tell me he's tired 5 million times. Cause I know, and yes, we've tried melatonin. Thank you. And I just, I don't know right now. It's just like, I I'm kind of even checking out, like we're redoing our guest room to do a little therapy room for my son, because he's going to start going to school during the day and have therapy after school. And I need a space for him to do it. And I've just like gone full into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ignoring emails and just I mean today his new therapist who's a very nice man he was he wanted to come do some parent training with us and I was like okay what about this date and he's like okay great I'll email you that week and I'm like well can I get a time what time we're like I need to know these things because I have another child and and life and things like this and he's like what time works for you like we email back and forth like one oh, sentence like, I'm like sweetie I don't have time for this. I just, I'm so exhausted. And then also with my kids and not sleeping and just being frustrated all the time. And I feel bad. Like, I feel bad that like I snap easy on my kids and I feel bad that like, I'm anxious about things, which is making them anxious about things. Like it all comes back to me, which also sucks. Like I'm just kind of over it. <laughs> I don't know if any of that makes sense. Yes, at all. You're yes. so right though, Jane, because they feel it. Like they do. Yeah. Like, oh. It's you know, but it's so hard and it's same thing. I'm on a really short rope. <laughs> and like I said to Kaya's dad, I literally have one nerve. You need to get the f- off it. Like seriously, get, I have one nerve left. But even today, like everything Jesse says is an echo thing um, or mimicking someone. And today he like, he, like if the TV's not working, he's like, mom, come change it. And I'm like, he probably does that because of me. And today was a good sign because he like walks over and he goes, ugh this isn't starting right. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's totally me. (laughs) I hate when autism brings it back to you in that way. Like it's like Mm. looking at a mirror. I'm like, oh shoot. I can't be like freaking rainbows all the time. I mean, I wasn't before, let's be honest, but it's just, (laughs) oh. What about you, Kimmy, Kimmy? I don't think we have enough time for all that I'm tired of. Let me think of where to start. Okay. A, I'm tired of people not doing their jobs across all boards. Across right. all right. boards. Like, yeah. People can't get it straight. Like at the hospital, my mother was extremely sick, like pretty much like close call. And she has Alzheimer's and they're clueless. They keep asking her questions. They keep, oh, it's, it. it's just, it's so frustrating. Um, I just had a, they call it an ISP for my daughter. It's, it's nothing like an IEP, but like, it's like the adult version of an IEP. They can't think of goals because they still don't have like a clear understanding of where Alyssa is after she's been there since she's been 22, she's 25, three years. Get it together, people. Like, <laughs> get, you know, literally they're like, yeah, we're just really short staffed. And sometimes if somebody's with her and she doesn't ask to go to the bathroom, hmm, she can't communicate. Of course she doesn't ask to go to the bathroom, you know, and she'll be holding it. And I'm like, this is the stuff that I already tell them over and over and over. And it's so frustrating. It's like, 
Yes, she's prompt dependent. I've told you this multiple times. She does not have a clear understanding of all the words that you say to her. So no, you have to break things down for her and you have to like bring her to the bathroom. She's not going to go. And I guess she like, even when eating now, like she, they have to like prompt her to constantly take bites and like, they're trying to figure out a way out of that. I don't know why she does that. She doesn't do that at home, but it, it's just, it's just annoying. It's just, it's just the understanding is not there. It's a safety issue. And even with my mom, it's a safety issue. You know what I mean? Like you can't ask her like what medication she can have or can't have. It's like, can't you, can you not open the file and look at the chart? Like I know with Alyssa, it's tricky because she presents to be more understanding and more aware than she actually is. Cause she is, she's learned how to mask. She's learned how to figure out, even though she doesn't always understand what you're saying. She's very quick at like looking at her surroundings, your face, your voice, what's happening. And she can do it in a millisecond. Like she can do it so fast that like it does really appear. And she says, yes. Okay. She says, yes, but it doesn't mean she knows what, what you're saying. Yeah. I My daughter driver, says, whatever ask her, you ask first, no or so yes. I had a van driver no. ask her if it was okay, if she could be left home alone. And she said, yes. so we had a we had a scary situation here I didn't even get to tell you guys this today so I'm at work and um, my brother-in-law was getting her off the van and he calls me at 3 20 she usually gets home around three and says um oh well this is not home yet I said okay well sometimes she gets home a little later it's not unusual I think it's like Thursday or Friday that it comes he calls me again at four she's still not home I'm like four yeah. So she gets out of school at two 30. So I'm like, this is not normal. So then I'm like, all right, let me call. So I call the van driver. She didn't have her today. Somebody else had her. I call the van company, got voicemails, two different numbers. Cause now they're closed. I call the school. Like where is my kid? Like I call the school and I left a not, I was like, someone needs to call me back. Like they're yeah. close. No, call me back. <laughs> I'm, I'm debating on, and I'm trying to call my husband, which I had him on hold. And then he hung up and I'm trying to make all these phone calls and I'm getting, I'm starting to get into a panic. All I'm thinking in my mind is like, if she's in a f***ing yard somewhere, sweltering, yeah. it's 96 degrees here today. Like this, no. I'm like, I'm oh, trying to find out she is. And I'm of like, course. if something happens to her, I don't even want to know because everybody will be taken down with me. I'm just telling you now. So then I, my daughter works with me. So I pull her out of the playground. I, I run a daycare. That's another thing I'm tired of, but I won't get into that one. And uh, I'm like, I need you in here with me now. Like sh- I couldn't do all the phone calls myself because everyone you're on hold, you're doing extensions, whatever. I said, call said brother-in-law, tell him to go, go into the house and make sure she's not in that house. I was about to call 911. I can't navigate through all this stuff my, myself. Like it's, it's too much. She was in my room sleeping. Oh my gosh. Oh. I want to kill. But that means that the van, so he was in his car out in the driveway. I mean, when that, did she get dropped off? I mean, what the fuck is this? So he didn't see, so he didn't see her get dropped off, which means there was no adult exchange. So that means they dropped her off and just let her out and she just went into the house. He's also, a, because it's like, you're out in the driveway waiting for her. Like, what are you doing? So there's like a lot of wrong things going on at once. So <laughs> I'm tired of people not being able to do what they're supposed to do. Like the van should have made sure an adult was there. I look like a psychopath now calling. I, I was like in, almost in tears when I was like, well, yeah. because I don't know oh if everybody God. knows this, but like oh my, my God, daughter wait. was actually left on a van oh. before, was not yes. dropped at, off to school, was kept on a van for an hour. 
without the person knowing. So this it's isn't like, the I'm, first time this has happened. This is and I'm already seeing before. this. They keep switching the dangers because of COVID. Like I don't give a shit about COVID. It's more dangerous to have people that don't understand who these yes. kids are and what they're capable of than them getting COVID. Like yes. I hate to say it, but that's you know that's the more dangerous thing. So that no, was extremely the irritating. Fact of the fact matter is, is your job is to schlep my kid who yes. has additional goddamn needs and she has a legally binding document called an IXP or whatever. I'm sorry. I am. I am. Whistle me. It's up. not though. There's, there's no, not legally like, documents like there okay, is with fine. kids with adults. I mean, I, okay. I do hear that. However, she's leaving someplace that has a privilege of being with her that should know what she needs and doesn't need. And then they have a company get her from A to B. There's a responsibility. You are bringing special needs people from one place to another. You can't leave them in your damn van. Like you I can't know. skip a stop. You can't. So obviously, I don't know what person. my brother-in-law was doing that he didn't see her pull up while he was in the driveway waiting for her. Was he That's in the driveway? annoying. Was he in the driveway waiting? Yeah, he was in this. He's always in. I'm about to pause this was, recording and I um, come to Jesus. So I don't know. He was probably like looking at his phone. I don't know. I don't. I, 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 I literally couldn't even. I couldn't even tell you because now I look like a psychopath. <laughs> no, but regardless, Kim, this is one regardless, she went in without an, an exchange. And yeah. so, you know, but at the end of like the day, somebody, somebody also brought up the fact that goes, so she just went in. Oh, it was my sister. She goes, she just went in the house and like went to sleep. she's like i guess so i didn't even like i didn't even get that far my thought process but let me bring you a little further into the thought process about 7 30 tomorrow morning some lady named betty is about to answer the voicemails from the bus company i'm like where's my daughter somebody better call me now (laughs) (laughs) she was she was she's fine she's fine and but I, also, I was, I was not, emailing the director of the program. So she ended up oh. emailing me. She actually texted me and she goes, is Alyssa home? And I'm like, oh yeah, everything's fine. She's here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. She's here. Just please do your job. That's all I have. And also, hey, brother-in-law, if you can hear me, check all the f- rooms before you terrify me. Wreck people's wow. lives for hours. <laughs> Check the Can you imagine if Kimmy had told us, we would have oh. all been calling that bus place too. Oh <laughs> my God. I can't get the like, number. I almost called 911. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm just, I think I'm just going to She's bed. snoozing in your bed. Like, <laughs> I need a nap. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Well, and only because it's like, I just was like, okay, at this point I'm not getting, and this is scary. Like yeah. I can't get yeah. the van company. I can't yeah. get a hold of the school. So I have her other van driver, the one that she normally would be with. I don't know why she wasn't with her cell phone number. So she was, she was like giving me some emergency number when I got the phone call, when I got the phone call that she was sleeping. I, was just I like, love that she was sleeping the whole time. Oh, I love that when the lady text messages you to take responsibility or to check in or to like, have you called the cops yet? You're like, oh yeah. Oh, and she did. She oh. was like, call me back, call me back and let me know. Like she was, you know, That's she's like, nice. I'm concerned. I'm like, yeah. That's oh <laughs> what about you, Tabs? How are you feeling this week? How are you tired of today? Not good. I'm telling you, not good. I have been through probably 30 hours of evaluations, emails, paperwork, oh. talking to all the people for my two children. 
this month um, legitimately calculated the amount of hours that I've spent talking to providers and school. We've, we've been, I don't want to go into the details of Nixon's school experience just because it's complicated and I don't want to freak out, but um, I'm with you, Jamie. It was hard and I'm tired of like shouting things that other people don't understand and I'm just burned out. And the, I think, like I was talking to Rachel today, and I think that the gravity of our life with two children and navigating the services of two kids has finally hit me just because of so many things are going on this month. And my daughter's in early intervention speech. It went telehealth. I already had to fight to get it in home. Now I have to go through this whole other process to get her with a different provider, which includes paperwork and emails and meetings. And for one service, one freaking service for my daughter who's nonverbal to have speech therapy in person. It's absolutely ridiculous. So it's overwhelming. All of it's overwhelming. I My spirit is shaken just from dealing with all of it. And talking about your kids in this landscape of where people are asking you over and over and over all the things that they cannot do in order to get the services that they need in order to help them do the things that they cannot do is just maddening. It's super maddening. Haven't been sleeping. It's just stressful. And I don't know, like... It is unrealistic for one person to have to deal with all this stuff. Just unrealistic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm tired. I feel like we could have a person in the action of it and a person in the behind the scenes of it all the time. Like it would be a full-time job to support the needs and it would be a full-time job in the first three days of the week and then another full-time job in the second two days, three days of the week to like do care and coordination. It's really a lot. Mm -hmm. And to be doing what I said to you today, to be doing coordination for your son, coordination for your daughter, in addition to drop-offs and pickups like parents do, in addition to working, in addition to the extra level of attention needed when you're at home and the day is falling apart at the end of it. Like it's, it's next level evening hard in a mm -hmm. special needs home. Like it doesn't matter how severe the needs are. It's like when it's going to hit the fan, you know, it's extra and it's so much, but there's still only one person within you. There's still only this many hours in the day. There's still only, mm -hmm. so like how many things can you carry? It's just a lot. It's a lot. I told tabs earlier, I did not make a choice. We did not adjust our life for me to change from having a career path to being at home. We made all these tweaks along the way to survive and cope and sustain this. And some of the things are, were easy to get by way of luck or love or whatever. And some of it is painstakingly inaccessible. It's, I mean, it's just a lot. It's a lot tabs. Yeah. It's a lot for all of us. I think parenting is hard and layered like that, but this is notched up, yeah. ratcheted up. I understand it's my job to educate others about my children, period. That's my job. My job is to educate you on what my kids need, on what I'm asking you for, on what they're doing and what they're not doing. But the gravity of everything being online, paperwork, a packet of intake for every single service that you need to do that's different than the one that you filled out before mm -hmm. and answering the same questions over and over and over again. And really like the thing that threw me over the edge was the school 
process and how taxing on me that was emotionally and for my son too. I mean, it's not easy for our kids to go through all of this stuff either. And I think that's the part that gets to me the most. I mean, like if I didn't have to think about my decisions affecting my son's life in a certain way and the things that others are saying about him in a certain way or my daughter, then I don't think I would have such strong feelings, which is parenting in general. But the choices that we make for our kids, there's a different layer to it than deciding what aftercare is going to look like or, you know, what school program they're going to go to because we're basically told where they should be placed, what classroom they should be in, which teacher they should be with, who their peers should be based on the fact of all the things that are written in a document saying their struggles, which is just emotionally a beat down. Hands it down. didn't even occur a hundred. I only have one kid, but a hundred percent of my kids are autistic. As well. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know any other way. And when James said, yeah, I, I we were talking about school this week and you said, um, Amelie starts soon. And I got an email from the principal. <laughs> it's just like, wait, uh, we don't even have a, we don't have an, I, we've not had meetings. I don't know how to know and trust you. I don't know what your goals are with my kid. I don't know. Like where's it's so layered. It's so much all the time from every angle that call. It's just weird to think about. Yeah. Well, and the, that's the we'll reason like, oh, and then my kid got on a bus yeah. at kindergarten, see in 12th grade. Well, and the, the thing is, is that I am fighting with all of my spirit because I love my children so much mm-hmm. and I want them to have everything that everyone else gets to have. And I will do that sun up to sundown if that's what it takes, but it is wearing me down, people. It is wearing me <laughs> down. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Again, if people would just do their jobs, Tabitha, you would yeah. not be feeling this way. Right. And it it a lot of it feels adverse, even though it shouldn't feel that way. You know, and that's because of a lot of different reasons. You know, legally, there's certain we've made things complicated because of lawyers. Thanks a lot, my profession. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there's just like, and same with insurance, like you have to do all of these documents and forms and everything. Cause you need to have things paid through insurance or else you're like going to go broke. And even the stuff that is paid by insurance, you still have to pay out of pocket for it for a certain dollar amount, you know? So I understand all the logical reasons why there's this back end. It's uh, like business. so much deeper than that though. Like at its root, this is not like a test positive for autism kind of situation. <laughs> you show to get even the title, to get the services, to get the thing, to get the, you know, or the label, whatever mm-hmm. you have to show that you can't. You have to prove that you can't and you don't have the same capacity to can as the next guy. Like it's like hard and so negative and focus on this part that, I mean, it's just suck. It just like sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Sucks. I think too, it's like dealing with people who don't always seem to like understand that you just did this with someone else. Like, (laughs) I mean, so the last two weeks we've been getting ready for school, have not had much communication there. I had to like ask for a time for my son to go in 
to like see the school and stuff when all the other kindergartners have like a little kind of like meet the teacher orientation thing but since he's going into like straight into special ed like they didn't have anything like that and then like this is a really good thing we got on this program that's going to help us pay for respite which is amazing but it's like I'm jumping through hoops for that and we're using my mother-in-law for respite and so I'm communicating with her in the respite like freaking company where I'm like why aren't you guys just sending her all the info why am I doing this like you're supposed to be helping me but I'm also like filling out all the paperwork with our caseworker who's been very nice but it's like I do this all the time like Mm -hmm. just help me like explain to me what you need be kind to me because I do this all the time like people don't understand how much it wears on you to be constantly talking about your kids and all the things they can't do or do wrong or all the ways their behaviors are not what they're supposed to be and filling things out calling your kid odd or strange or different like all the freaking time. And there are people out there who do have compassion for it and yes. understand for. Yes. And there's some people you're like, shut up. Be and gentle. also, yes. And how I different. I don't even care if you're kind to me. Just like, I'm already crushed, man. Yes. Don't I'm down. on me. Like, don't give me like guilt me that I'm not trying to help my kid. That's all I'm freaking mm. I'm over these conversations and just tabs when you were talking about all the insurance stuff, doing the school stuff and doing the like, medical or clinical or anything like that it's so different because so like, different with all the medical stuff you're held to the insurance and so you have to like f- your wherever your therapist is has to fill out these reports every so often to validate that your child needs these services mm-hmm. blah 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 you have to pay copays work your figure out what place your insurance takes blah blah with school it is more of a legal thing it's like mm-hmm. IEP the school people can mm-hmm. only say this and this and you can only get this information like, so it's so back and forth and all over the place. And I wasn't freaking built for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I know. And I was telling Rachel this earlier too. I have felt this tired and this soul drained before in my life. And I know I'll come out of it, the fog, but the gravity of, and I don't think I felt this before since my daughter's diagnosis. This is the first time that I'm feeling like, holy hell, how, just how, please tell me how, like, do we need to have a meeting for you to tell me that we also need to have a meeting to have in-person speech? Like, can, can this be the meeting on the phone? I'm telling you right now, I don't want to have a meeting to tell you that I need in-person speech. I need in-person speech. Like, seriously, how many meetings can we do it in one meeting? Give me the paperwork ahead of time. Let's meet. I'll do that meeting. And then you can tell me what else I need to do. (laughs) Like, I don't want to have four meetings about this stuff. I don't. Yeah. I mean, that's literally like phone calls to get to the first and the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth. I mean, they were sending my daughter's nanny, her caregiver, text messages and charging me $37 and 50 cents a friggin' text message. Listen, I didn't ask you to text her five friggin' times a day. Like, you know, and, and I mean, the company's great. I'm just saying like, it's, it's just, it's bullshit. They want to make a plan tabs to make a plan. There's a plan to have a plan. There's a plan to have a plan. There's no friggin' plan, man. There's yeah. no help. There's like, no plan, man. There's no plan, man. Like, but I will say, I want to say something positive. Um, Yay, I, please. Yeah. So Kaya's OT is helping me with this whole transition into her new center. And today we had a, a couple hour phone call filling out stuff, but Chelsea is building a Kaya folder for them. And she's literally 
speaking for Kaya in the sense of when my body gets overstimulated, I need that. She's literally loading them with success for Kaya. Yeah. She put in there, a sensory break is not a reward. It's a given. Kaya's body needs movement. And so she put all of these things in there. She lists, you know, you know, tell me her interests and, you know, Elmo, Chicago Fire, Chicago, you know, like literally, and it's, and it's hard, even though it was a positive thing. It was like, you you have to load these people because they don't know your child. And although Kaya is verbal, she's not uh, fluid in her language. There's, there's not a lot of back and forth. You know, there's a simple conversation. Conversation. Do they have a transition plan, Jen? Well, that's what her OT is doing. That's amazing. They don't have one. So Chelsea's like, you're, we don't want to set her up to fail. I mean, you just can't, they can't, yeah. just, like, where, where's their safety plan? Right. <laughs> yeah, what is the plan? What is the plan? Yeah. Um, so no it was, plan, no plan, man. No plan, But man. I'm so thankful to her for that <laughs> because this is, you know, out of the scope of really occupational therapy, but she's worked with Kaya since she was four and she really knows Kaya. She knows about, That's awesome. you know, when she's, she's like, you just have to give her that olive branch and then you have to, you know, if she just want to swing, then, you know, whatever it might be. So she's just preloading it. So I'm very thankful for that. But isn't the thing like how Rach was saying earlier, like when you're doing those things, like I'm working on a similar, well, it's just like a one page cover sheet to give at Jesse's IEP about him, but even filling that stuff out. And I don't, this might sound totally awful, but sometimes I just sit back and it's like talking about my kid and all the things I love about him and great about. And I'm like, I hate that I have to do this. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I didn't have to do it. I wish that like, I didn't have to explain my child all the time. I just like yearn for typical sometimes because well, it's so like, even in the good, it's a little hard time that yeah. that's my good, that that's my yeah. level of good is explaining my kid to someone else. You know, with the money thing, I'm always like, if I ever did win the lotto or something, I don't know if I would pay for all the great services in the world, or if I would just move to a farm and set yeah. my kid up for life yes. and just let, let him be, let him be free. Let so when you get that money him. if you build like, five farms please because we all need to be on a farm yeah. Yeah. we're coming to your compound lady. acreage <laughs> either well, the that, autism you know. center or the farm yeah like, i'm just it's just all the time and i feel bad for my son yes i feel bad I that he has to go through all this all the time that's one of the things that i hope people understand that could find us because we are these fabulous women podcasters together at the table for five with no reservations, but we love our children. We talk about our shared experiences as moms, and we feel like we know each other enough to know that it goes without saying when my heart is broken, when I am exhausted, when I am out of hope, when I am tired from this process that I am so deeply filled with, I mean, feelings I can't even have a word for that. This is my daughter's damn life. I know better because I used to live a different one. My daughter is six and she's growing up in a body that doesn't want to wear pants. And it's not funny. There's squeeze in her pants and she needs squeeze in a different way. And she needs squeeze in this way, or she can't work her legs. Okay. Like they will run her away. If my kid I'm sorry, but my kid doesn't get what she needs. Her legs take her away in front of a car in a pond. Like it's a big deal and it's pressure all the time on us and it's exhausting, but it's also because our heart is bleeding that 
this kid can't put their feet on the ground without feeling the fibers of the carpet. Then they have to wear socks and then they have to go to your normal life school. And then they have to go to your target. That's loud and bustling after, and they have to get there in a car on streets that aren't right. And you know, like everything is hard. And so if we sound like broken women, we will hold each other up and we're not like victim mom, autism, exhaustion, woe is me parents, but it's like, this is exhausting because we're watching our kids live this life in your world. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard. I say that all the time. I'm like, and I, for the, I'm sorry um, to rant. No, truth be told, ladies, I had a big old cry session in the shower when I got home from work because I was at work again and I get the frantic call and there's stuff going on and I have to leave work again. And I'm trying to, like, it was a very busy day at work today. And trying to get stuff done. And I just got, I just went in the shower and I was just like, this cannot be my life. Sorry, Jane, a lot of editing to do. Like, how is this episode? How is this fair? Like, how is this? Like my kid is in a ball on the couch sobbing. How is this fair? You know, I just, I just, I just sobbed in the shower, just sobbed. Mm. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't understand the extensive therapy bills. And I'm just going to give you a little idea. In the last month, I've had a bill for $1,953. Last week was 800. I got hit with a $772 bill today. I mean, it's like, you can't dig yourself out of this hole if you try. It's Mm -hmm. like, I get, I just paid off for $10,000 feeding clinic three years ago. I mean, that goes on a credit card. I mean, there's just, there's between that and childcare, which again, my daughter cannot go to a daycare. I don't have that luxury. So I pay someone $25 an hour to be in my home with her, which I am more than happy to do, but do the math. I work full time. I'm literally paying people. I got it. And I'm not the one that's with my kid. So it's like, I thought that this month too, like I want my kids to have freedom to be who they are. I want them to have time in the rain. And if they want to wander around and eat, I don't want to force them to sit at a table when they're at home after a long day. I want them to have their feet free in the grass. You know, like people are telling you, people are telling you how it should be, but I want my kids to also have freedom to be kids. So it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then as much as we want to do that for our kids, which sounds great. And a lot of people think, well, why don't you just let them do that? Because if they come out of their structured routine on any level and it veers from what their day-to-day schedule is, most times it's catastrophic. Like the the fallout from it. People a lot, right, Jane? Like they just think, well, then just do that a couple of days a week. Just let them be free. But you can't because you're supposed to be doing all these therapies. Mm -hmm. Like Jesse now can do movement therapy, which is amazing. Uh, but we don't have time for it. He's going to be at school all day. He's going to have yeah. three hours of therapy after school. The weekends, we're going to probably be doing swim lessons and other things like as a family. Yeah. But it's just like, we don't even have time for like another therapy, like let alone my kid. Like it's and like, you have another child. So you're, and I have another child and like, you know, like today after school, I just let him like watch his freaking sunny bunny show a million times because he's about to like lose some of that free time that I don't know if it's going to last. We might not end up doing what we're doing. The plan is right now, but it's just, you feel oh, awful. Yeah. Like my kid can't be a freaking kid. And I think, I don't know, it's, you feel all that guilt. If you're not doing all the things that people yeah. are recommending, you yeah. feel like, oh, well, I didn't try hard enough. It's just like walking a very fine line to like yeah. doing what the experts are telling you to do doing what like you want to do yourself or what your heart wants you to do. Like not letting down your kid, not, yeah 
taking a chance and you know it's not going to make as big of a difference i think as we always feel in our head and our hearts but it's so scary to take that chance because you just don't know and especially if they're making good progress then it could set them back you know but at the same time if they're so overloaded and overwhelmed with all this stuff it's almost like what's the point at the end of the day of that also right yeah right. if that makes sense it's like kind of balancing like what you know what I mean? It's like, and you're just always feeling like you're falling short or not doing enough. And then mm-hmm. you turn around and feel like you're doing too much. All moms probably feel that way, but it's just such higher stakes. Like literally the program we just got Jesse to in through our state, they're like, well, you need to get on this program now. Cause when he's an adult, it's much easier to just transition to the next program instead of like applying fresh and new as an adult. So I'm like at six years old, uh-huh. I have to do this now. So when he's an adult, to, like this is affecting the rest of his life already 12 years from now and also like I'm stuck in my state for the rest of my life because my state <laughs> does have a pretty good services and I'm so grateful for that I don't want anyone to think I'm unappreciative of that I'm yes so me too Arizona thumbs up but it still sucks that we have to do all this over and over again and that we're stuck I'm mm-hmm. stuck where I'm at I'm in the town I grew up in and I I can't leave I can't afford to live really Colorado's freaking expensive right now I can't afford to leave anywhere I can't afford to move because I'm paying for all this crap all the time and it just it sucks yeah and I think of it like in a neurotypical kid mindset like you send your kids to school then they come home and do homework and then it would be like then also the parent has to do homework and then you have to teach your kid again a second time more homework, even though they've already spent nine hours of their day doing school and homework. It's the gravity of like, what's expected of parents to be therapists, lawyers, you know, advocates, Advocates. um, asking the right question, mother, you know, I mean, the titles that we hold, like, I can't, Imagine someone who doesn't speak English trying to get their kid an IEP mm-hmm. anywhere or someone who doesn't understand documents or doesn't have the education to read something because they never had to before or whatever the case may be. Like Ultimately, I, you can't imagine somebody somebody that doesn't know how to ask for help. Like it's, it's exactly. But yeah. the thing I is, just, like you don't, you don't, I was that person. I was too. I like, didn't know. Who I to didn't ask know or what like, to say when they told you no that there was like other options. I mean, right. this was with my younger daughter, and she doesn't have autism, but she has ADHD, so it's not quite the same. But still, my daughter with autism got help. My daughter with autism, I had no problem with her IEPs. Like it was a given. Like there was really no other option for them to do. But with Lexi, it was a, it was a constant fight, and she never got what she needed. But I didn't know. Like when they said no, I was like, well, what am, okay. They said no. Like, I didn't know that you could right. take all these other avenues. Like, I wish I knew now. Like to know. see him say no to you now, Kimmy. Exactly. <laughs> you should go That's back and talk Rachel to those right people now. now. Yeah. <laughs> you could go but back yeah, in it's time. Like, it is, yeah. It's like, you don't, people don't know this. This is the thing. People don't know what their rights are. People don't know that it just doesn't end at that IEP meeting with them saying no, but they lead you to believe that. Yeah. You know well, so and it's also like, being told all your rights, like maybe not the same day, but pretty soon after your child was just diagnosed with a lifelong disability and you're sat at some table and they're like, okay, you have this right and this right. And just sign this paperwork saying that we told you that you have these rights. You're not going to remember those. 
And or yeah, you are so like, I know for me, I made, I will forever have guilt on her kindergarten year. I was not just a new school, not a new to the school. I was new to be to the autism world. So yeah. it was like a double whammy and I didn't want to step on any toes. And, you know, my daughter was a hundred percent. She didn't speak in kindergarten, not a word. And so I'm sending my vulnerable child into school and, and it was an awful experience. And let me tell you, when I found my voice, it roared pretty hard, but it was a rough road to get there. And so you've got all these things, like you said, Jamie, with school and the, all those hurdles and it's tough. Yeah. You may not know where you, I was scared to ruffle feathers. I mean, yeah, I just, you don't want the person who's going to be alone with your kid all the time who can't yes. communicate with you. Yes. I think hate you and hate your kids. Yes. But the, the other issue is you. people yeah. just don't care or not the people that are making these decisions. I'm not saying the people that have the direct care with the children, but the people, they care about their budgets. They care about saving money. They care about doing what makes more sense fiscally. And it's a harsh reality to realize that, but that is what they care about at the end of the day. They don't care about your individual child. They don't care if they get put into the right program because if they can get away with putting them in something in the school and if they can, and if you don't know better, they're going to do it. And that's a very past reality. Like, and I know there's probably people going, "Mm, no, I'm telling you. Yes. 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 yes." And that's their job. That that's, that's their job. That's what they're expected to do. I mean, I've had teachers tell me things behind administration's back, but when you get to the meeting, the teachers are silent. They don't want to lose their job, you know? So like, we were asking at the beginning of kindergarten for her to be in level four. We could not get it because in the school system, you have to fail out of the level you're in or show that it didn't work. That's how they say in the language, right? Like we had Celie placed in level three. I'm paraphrasing uh, our, to our wonderful teacher, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, but if you ever do, we are placing Celie Flanagan in level three classroom or did in this school year. And with these accommodations, we could not meet her needs. We are suggesting a level four. You have to show all of this suck that like what that language really truly is, is that my kid threw a filing cabinet. Another kid maybe has to get hurt. Another teacher has to get kicked in the face. Another parking lot situation has to happen. And I do know from talking to a more level-headed friend named Kimmich Isaac during my moments of rage in this conversation that she would say, special ed teachers know that they're going to get kicked. Special ed teachers know that they're going to have to haul out down a hallway with their Nikes on. You don't get to wear cute shoes when you're not teaching the third grade general kids, right? Like you book it for Sealy. That's just what a level three teacher does. Oh, well, I'm her mother and I know how hard every single thing has come to us and her. And I feel like you should see who she is, what her struggle is and say, Hey, we got this level four lady Jane, let's go get right. <laughs> Well, we have time to do it because we know you're going to rage with the hormones and it's going to be the reckoning. So like, let's lay a foundation. I, I just wish that people could want the higher good because they believe in our potential as a family and a unit and a community yeah. and a big, rather than have to put up with giving us more to accommodate a goddamn basic need. I'm really sorry about all the whistling during this episode, ladies and gentlemen, I just, it's a passionate, tired AF. I just want to know really- too, that these moments come in waves, like you're yes. doing great and you're a lot more positive about things or you get a great teacher or therapist and you're positive, yeah. but we're all in the suck right now. So it sounds really bad. <laughs> 
Well, and I do want to say there's people that look you in the face and say, I know this is a hard decision for you. I know that this is not a job. I can't imagine what you're going through or not a job for two people. There are these people in this, these systems that really do care about us as parents and about our children and yeah. And about our kids and wholeheartedly want to learn who they are and what they're about, you know, but there's also a big giant free of branches of other things that you have to deal with. And sometimes you just cannot respond to an email or you can't talk to someone on the phone for the hundredth time and keep your composure. It's impossible. There's a keep the composure. But the thing is, it's, it's like Tabitha said earlier, it's you're fighting for their basic needs. That's, that's where the difference lays between what you deal with in the special needs world to what you deal in with the neurotypical world or not as much need you're fighting for basic needs which it's nobody should like have to fight for basic football. needs it's speech or occupational therapy or it's not like more time to complete homework assignments so you get a better grade and are more successful it's functioning it's safety awareness it's life skills i mean basic things that like sometimes our kids have to be taught these things that all these other kids already know they don't get taught them at school yeah you know? yeah I'm paying seven thousand dollars a year for those skills to be taught yeah exactly for the record yeah. because public education was not designed for my daughter period yeah. i'm just gonna pay another. so it's like you're not it's 000. not it's not like you're it's not like you're fighting for you know what i mean to have all these bells and whistles you're fighting for their very basic needs to be met which becomes very taxing and frustrating and and for what every parent wants which is for our our kids to be able to go out into the world as adults and have as much resources and strength and skills as they can to live whatever life they want to live once they're doing that as an adult person whether that's in our house whether all that's- i can hear is like once she's moved to that wing or to the casita whether it's the casita whether it's the basement whether it's their own apartment where whether it's a shared space with others you know whatever that looks like uh, well and it would be a lot easier for us if we could take the emotions out of it but like we can't yes because we're their moms and we haven't slept in years (laughs) no it's upsetting when you you know what i mean like it's upsetting it's like i feel like if we didn't have to have that part of it, we could just navigate it a corporate like. Well, and that's the thing that makes me personally so pissed off at myself and I can't help it. I get so angry and so passionate and so like emotional, which makes sense. But it's our baby. Yeah, it's my babies. And, but I can work in systems and fill out forms and talk to people about other people's needs night and day comes to my kids and I can't freaking get a sentence out without being like what the living hell people like do I have to scream do I have to cry like what's it gonna take over here which I mean in turn gives me I think more empathy for my clients and more empathy for the people that I'm working with but it also is like so personally challenging for me because I'm usually like a very even killed person for the most part and I just can't I really can't. And then what happens is you have a few of these bad experiences and then you're like so fast to be on the defensive, you know? Yeah. Even though the Great. next time- You talking about me, Kim? 
<laughs> it couldn't even be something that's not even that bad but you're it's like you're ready to pounce you know you're ready to like I think though. what's <laughs> real is that it's so often either as the parent or as a result of the behavior or the mix of things that are going on at home you're in fight flight freezer call a friend collapse like it like this is a reactive life like I just I hope I don't know is this supposed to be an inspirational no. episode <laughs> I don't know if, I'm hoping be- not. You if you just found out about autism release found this shit I yeah. am sorry this is true life people this is our break it down your ladies and everyone's tired this week we all happen to be in the same mind space of being exhausted about life this week so we're giving you the real we don't feel like this always. Uh, this episode is specifically titled How Tired is the Mom and You? Yeah. So if you're not tired, just pass on through. No reservations is coming next. No, nope. <laughs> nope. no reservations is not coming next. Oh, let me strike that. She's tired. Something AF. else is coming next. Uh, storytellers. <laughs> Boy, are we going to be happy people. Happy people. <laughs> What's coming next is a beautiful storytellers episode. Stay tuned. We're going to be writing letters to certain moms of experiences that we've gone through. A letter to you coming next. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> come back next time. Please come back. <laughs> Thanks for joining us at the table for the third episode of our fifth series, The Woman in Me. If you are enjoying the podcast and where your listening allows, please remember to rate and review us. To join in on the conversation, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also email us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. Coming next, we have a special story time episode, and we'll see you there. Bye. <laughs>